your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Tuesday on Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, 608 785 7914. The vacuum cleaner's going. I've panicked there for a minute. Is that the buzzer? A uh, couple of things going on today. All right, back. Go back on track. UW Lacrosse professor of sociology and lacrosse school board president Lori Cooper Stoll is going to be on in, at the bottom half of the hour. I talked to her. I I will say I just I talked to her about a half hour or forty five minutes ago, and that was when she was available. So we recorded it, and I'm just going to play it at the bottom half of the hour after Scott's comment and news. But I did. I, I the last time she was on with us, you know, I just I, she's the lacrosse school board president, and that's all I thought about. And then you know, as as uh, news of the school board, uh, you know, had a meeting last night. They formed a committee, essentially the first step into looking at the relationship with school resource officers and the lacrosse school district. Uh, you know, I, I was reading about, I'm like, oh yeah, I wonder what else Lori Cooper Stoll does, this school board president. And so I, I learned that she's a UW lacrosse professor of sociology and she specializes in inequality in education. And uh, she's been at UWL since January of 2012. And she said she's been in education for 18 years. And this is, uh, you know, something she's passionate about, of course. If you do something for 18 years, how long have I been in? I think I've been in journalism for 18 years. Uh, Sports journalism for, like, a little over half of that, though. (laughs) Uh, As I hear Grant Bills on WKTY screaming again today. Uh, No, he's not really screaming. I shouldn't say that. Uh, I did get a, 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 a message from a friend that said, uh, Christy Cabot is now in CCAP. So thanks for, thanks for that message. Right before the, like literally two minutes before the show, I got that message. Uh, that's the mayor's wife. So uh, there it is. It's on CCAP. I haven't, I haven't looked at it. And honestly, when I look at CCAP, uh, it's, it's kind of a lot of mumbo jumbo. <laughs> like I'm just like, I don't even really know what I'm reading here. What is this? And I haven't, I'm trying to like scroll up and down, trying to to pick out keywords here, but I can't really I can't really see anything as I'm trying to talk and read at the same time. Uh, other news today: something that Lacrosse County Health Director Jim Rabalski had discussed, I believe, last week at one of those they call them press briefings. They're more like public briefings on. The health from the health department, I would say, on, basically on COVID nineteen, on the virus, uh, but there could be other things. I mean, if we had other questions for her, the the press, has the ability to ask her questions at the end of those briefings, so that then becomes a press briefing. But we can all watch it. Uh, she she had mentioned that the idea of having a like a like a county mask order, and and she said essentially, I I might have the quote. I don't know if I have the quote, but I'm not going to look for it at this point. But I'll just say kind of what she what she basically said was that even if we had a mask order in La Crosse County, it would be really hard to enforce and therefore no mask order. 
So that was kind of her thought process there is like, we, we're not going to be able to enforce it. So we're not going to have one, which I don't know if that's the greatest way to approach something, but I think she's also kind of holding out the fact that maybe the numbers will dwindle down a little bit as we kind of figure out like, Oh, the, the numbers have skyrocketed. We need to probably do something about this. We need to like, you know, refocus, uh, what we're doing and, and, uh, maybe, maybe then people will will start to, you know, wear masks essentially and, and, and not go to bars, just kind of, you know, just being a little irresponsible with the virus. Um, so I bring this up because Winona County, no Winona County, city of Winona, it would be weird if Winona County, that was the other thing, the idea that La Crosse County would have a mask order, but Winona, the city of Winona has imposed a mask order. They, the mayor did that today. And, uh, I don't know if we're going to have that in the city of La Crosse because the mayor's on vacation. He was supposed to be in here Monday. I didn't even mention that. I kind of forgot it, forgot about that, but he was supposed to be in here yesterday. Uh, but I think he's on vacation. I think he's out of town at least, but, um, it would be interesting if the so the difference here is Winona the city is having a mask order versus Winona the county, which would be a little bit different. I, I guess you know the the and I should explain the mask order for the city. It's a citywide mask order for all public buildings. So anytime you're going to be and this is a little bit odd, uh, you will be required to wear a mask if you're in a public building where you would have to be closer than six feet from others. So there's like there's wiggle room there, right? Like I can be in this building and I wouldn't have to be six feet. You know, I wouldn't be confined to being closer than six feet to to somebody. So does does that mean like the grocery store wouldn't have a mask order because you would you could essentially social distance up and down the aisles at a grocery store? And if the girl, you know, what would the grocery store have to hit some certain capacity before you would have to social distance or, you know, some of the bigger, bigger box stores, you could probably do that. Um, there are, there are a couple of other, you know, uh, a couple of other ways to, to stay, to, to not have to wear a mask. I think that I'm trying to find it. The, the idea that you are sitting at a restaurant and eating, I think is, is kind of one of those. You wouldn't have to be a mask if you are seated at a bar or restaurant. That's essentially it, which makes sense if you're, but then also if I'm sitting literally at a bar next to a stranger, that's kind of the, the whole idea of wearing a mask. Now I'm going to talk to this other guy at the bar, but maybe the bars are closed. I don't, I'm not in one. I, I, I'm not sure, but, um, it is kind of funny, but obviously you wouldn't be at a bar or restaurant inside trying to eat or drink and trying to do that while wearing a mask. It would be a little ridiculous. So there's, there's, uh, there's some outs there. So anyway, we can, we can talk about that a little bit. Uh, the new numbers for lacrosse County did come out. I think Brad, I'll read them in just a minute and, uh, we'll be back after this right here on wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I uh, I don't get news at, at, like updates on my phone because I just I don't need to be bombarded with all the news stories, but I do get sports news uh, and I have it like designated to like Bucks Brewers, you know, anything that's 
kind of relevant to our area, our state, and Minnesota. But uh, I saw this story. If you don't know, the Milwaukee Bucks, best team in the NBA. They're going to try to restart their season at Walt Disney World in Florida, where I think the coronavirus is wreaking havoc right now. But uh, they're going to try to play in a bubble, essentially. And they're headed down. The team is headed down Thursday. They did just close their practice facility because somebody affiliated with the team or a couple of people affiliated with the team got the virus. A couple of brewers did, too. Um, Maybe they're all hanging out in Milwaukee. But uh, the story headline, Brooke Lopez. So Brooke Lopez is like a seven-foot-tall center. He's got a big, big shaggy hair. And uh, he's 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 best known for, and this might be might be a little sad. No, his brother is his. So he's got a twin too, he's, and they're both on the Bucks. They're both seven foot tall guys, Brooke and Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez is best known for in pregame tackling mascots and having fights with mascots. And it's if you just if you go to to YouTube and just type Robin Lopez mascots, you'll find a whole array of funny videos of him taking it to mascots and mascots giving it to him. It's super funny. But Brooke, Lo- Brooke Lopez said to uh, the NBA today, Brooke jokes the NBA can't keep him and his brother out of the main Disney park. So two seven-footers going to be running wild at, at Walt Disney World in Florida in between games jumping on roller coasters. I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't imagine Disney World's open right now. I I. I, I guess I, I haven't paid attention, but uh, the idea that this is the kind of like National Lampoon's vacation, right? Like uh, the family gets down to Wally World and Wally World's closed. Well, Brooke Lopez and Rob, Lo, Robin Lopez are going to get down to to uh, Walt Disney World and whether or not it's closed, who's going to stop two seven-footers from entering the uh, the park? So, all right, we're going to go to the phone. Someone's calling in. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Who's this? Dan. Hey, Dan, your radio, turn your radio down. Yeah, I just did. Yeah, go ahead. You're on the air. Hi, Rick. Yeah, go ahead. You're on the air, Dan. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I was thinking, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Eh? If we could see the past, and it seems quite odd to me that just 2010, 10 years ago, they were giving the H1N1 swine flu pandemic virus vaccines. Uh Today in 2020, how many of us are so glad we got the swine flu vaccine because of the cases we've heard about this year, last year, the year before? Well, I haven't heard of any. But uh, in 2030, we won't hear about this pandemic corona, but there'll be something new. I, I can guarantee that. And how glad will we be that we took this current vaccine that they're going to mandate and make us have on our driver's license and to keep our jobs and to go to the grocery store? It's a very good sales pitch they're pushing. They get better at it every decade, don't they? Are you are you saying that you're not you, you don't want a vaccine? You don't want nothing to do with the vaccine? Um, I'd like to John Wick, the guy who purposely holds me down and tries to give me that shot. I, I just need a pencil. Okay, what which part of John Wick? Like the kung fu part or the shooting part? Well, when they say he was able to take out three guys with a pencil. <laughs> oh, oh, I got gotcha. you. I, uh, I don't only... think they'll ban those by then. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Dan, I don't – taking a vaccine, I, it, like it, it, sometimes the idea of having a vaccine right away, because I think General Balski said we might have it this fall already, I feel like we're going to get a vaccine like November 2nd. That's my guess. How's that sound? Well, yeah, that's certainly what they're pushing, and the gullible people with, you know, uh, 
Governor Evers is doing a live podcast right now wearing a mask, and everybody there is saying, I wish I could enforce it, but they voted it down. I, I can't force you all to wear one, but I'd really like to. Oh, Dane, you know. Dane County, actually, uh, I think they're imposing a mask order today. They just did that. And if the public doesn't uh, wise up, they'll be forced to take a vet. You know, it was uh, Henry Kissinger who said a while back, he said that once we can force the people to, to accept uh, a forced vaccine, then we can force them for the greater good to give up vital organs to donate to somebody who needs a kidney, a lung, an eyeball, whatever it is. And, you know, we won't pay them nothing for it, but... You, the medical industry, will be, find a way to make money because you'll have that uh, product, the, the vital organs that we will force the public to give up. I'm going to be yeah, I'm going to be dead when they take the organs, though, right? They're not going to do that beforehand. No, but you will be like you, somebody donates a kidney. No, they'll just they'll force you to get tested. Hey, you match with this guy over here. He really needs a kidney for the greater good. Uh, you're going to have to donate that. That's oh. what's coming. Oh. Yeah, if, as long as we accept a forced vaccine, and, and we will because they're going to force it on us. Okay. That's uh, a giant leap, I think, from forcing us to donate kidneys to uh, getting a COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, 540,000. Well, other people would say they'll never make you give up your, your deodorant and your toothpaste because you might blow up the airplane, but they're doing it. <laughs> you know, people accept it. Well, I, I, I just keep a little bit of toothpaste. I keep it in my shoe. All right, thanks for the call, Dan. I don't know. Um 540,582 people have died from the virus, uh, 131,000 of those in the United States. Uh, the, ne- the second highest death toll in the world from a country. So U.S. is 131,000. Brazil, whose uh, who's leader, president, uh, it starts with a B, but president uh, declared that he has coronavirus. They have 65,000 deaths, so uh, half of the half the deaths that the United States has. Uh, Eric Spart is calling in. Hilda, uh, Eric, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, I got some fun news for you. At least some Sparta. I mean, my fun news, to get away from this coronavirus for a minute, I got a assessment from my house for 2020 assessment. Went up $18,000, $15,800. Accurate appraisal, LSC. And they said, well, it's 10 years ago, so... What did I do to my property to uh, What did I do to my property to improve it? Not a damn thing. Not no. a damn thing. So your property is is now valued at ten thousand dollars more than it was ten years ago. Fifteen thousand eight hundred dollars more than it was. Is that good? That's is that good news? Go to hell. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. Fifteen thousand dollars more valuable your property i mean i get it like i, I get the uh the tax imp- implications there but sell your house fifteen thousand dollars more valuable than it was yesterday uh 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line i have I, I honestly i have one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen tabs open not even tabs 13 windows and then multiple tabs in each window so i'm trying to find the talk and text line there it is uh, so, yeah, uh, somebody said, Dan, Dan is nuts. Dan, who just called in, uh, more than one person, more than one person has, has, uh, texted me back saying that. And, uh, I did get a message. We did get a message on the, uh, Winona or Winona, the, I got Winona in my head, the, uh, the WIZM Facebook page 
And it just says, your station is a load of donkey bleep. And everyone knows it, double exclamation point. So that was on Saturday. I don't know what pr- prompted somebody to to message us on Saturday to call our station donkey bleep. Was the NASCAR race on or something? I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't, I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Saturday, just I'm gonna. I'm listening to whatever, and I'm so mad. I'm gonna Facebook message Wisdom and tell him what's up. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so we were talking. I, I, I wanted to get that Brooke Lopez story out there because the idea of two seven footers prancing around Walt Disney World, Brooke and Robin Lopez of the Milwaukee Bucks, as they get set to uh, head down to Florida on Thursday to uh, start the NBA restart the NBA season. I'm very excited because it sounds like it's just going to be basketball, basketball, basketball all day. And that's my favorite sport, but nobody else cares. I'm sure that's listening. Uh, Before that, we were talking about a mask order in Winona. It's been declared. The city of Winona has a mask order. And uh, there, there is a Q and a, I have updated the story the, the, the LinkedIn work and now it has, now it does. So if you go to wisdomnews.com, uh, look for the picture of Winona from the bluffs up there, and uh, there's there's the story. But uh, there's a there's a little Q and A, you know, about those who who have to wear a mask now that you go when you go into a public building in Winona, in the city of Winona, and you can't social distance in there, and you're not sitting down at a bar or restaurant. You have to be sitting down. So I guess if you get up, put your mask on, right? Um, what happens if I don't comply as part of the Q&A? And the answer here is, we really hope you do. <laughs> this is about having compassion and care for your neighbors, but in the case where anyone chooses not to comply and does not meet a reason for exemption, there are some exemptions, they will be asked to leave the business or area. If they refuse, law enforcement may enforce trespassing laws, and businesses that violate the proclamation may face administrative action for any licenses they possess within the city. So uh, wear your mask. I mean, it's the easiest thing. The idea, the, the only problem here might be the ability to get a mask. If you know, I, I imagine some people have a, lot, a hard time getting a mask. Maybe possibly, uh, my mom gave me one. I have a nice, cool. It's I I pretend it's camouflage green, but it's probably like some flowery pattern. And I'm just not going to look because I'm a man and can't be wearing no flower pattern mask out there in public. But uh. It's it, my mom gave that to me, and, and you know I have some uh, some disposable masks laying around, but but I don't I'd, I'd rather wear the cloth one because it just it doesn't hurt my ears because it doesn't wrap around my ears. But I, I did see this in Turkey the uh, the the one municipality in Turkey, the country Turkey, they just they have mask dispensers, and you just grab your government issued ID, right, like your driver's license, and you swipe it. There's a barcode on our IDs. We could do this pretty easily, right, if we just had mask dispensers out there. You swipe it and pops out two masks for you. And the idea here, and you know, if it was just take a mask, you don't have to swipe anything, then you probably take it. You know people are going to be taking advantage of that, and the machines would be emptied in, in two minutes. But here you you swipe your ID, and I don't know any of the rules. I've just seen a, basically a meme. I'm doing meme meme talk here, but basically you swipe a mask get t- or swipe your ID and get two masks for free, and maybe they give you that once a day or once a week. I don't know, um, but seems like a pretty good idea if we're going to start mandating masks, um, you know, around the country. Like people need to have the ability to get a mask. Some people can't afford masks. Some people don't want to go out to get a mask. How do you get a mask if you can't get into a business to to buy a mask right um so there's there's one dilemma 
Um, all right, we got Scott's comment in the news coming up. We'll be back. I'm going to do that interview. I'm going to play that interview with uh, Lacrosse School Board President Lori Cooper Stoll as the uh, school board last night decided to take the first step into looking at the relationship with school resource officers and the Lacrosse School District last night uh, forming a committee. So we talk about that real briefly. Uh, we'll be back after this on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone with me now is Lori Cooper Stoll. She is the Lacrosse School Board president, the Lacrosse School Board last night. I'm going to see if I can get this right, Lori. The uh, you guys approved what is called the Fund 80 Ad Hoc Committee. Is that the is that what we're calling this? We need a cooler name for it. Well, if you can come up with one, you let me know. Yeah. Um, all right. And essentially, can you just break down essentially what the uh, ad hoc committee is going to be doing? Absolutely. So this committee is essentially charged with taking any questions that school board members have about um, Fund 80, and that includes the SRO program, and synthesizing them. I expect there's probably overlap between some of the questions that board members may have. And so it's really going to be just organizing those questions. And um, if the school board tasks the superintendent or charges the superintendent um, with gathering um, answers to those questions, um, this committee is also just compiling a list of stakeholders that the superintendent wouldn't be limited to, but that we certainly would want to make sure um, were included. And that is the sole task of the committee. I expect that that work might could be might be done in one uh, meeting. And this is why the um, date of the charge in uh, the lease July 27th. Yeah, and I guess I, c- I could have explained it a little better. Uh, you know, going into last night's school board meeting, you guys had put this on the agenda, and essentially uh, you, the, the ad hoc committee is going to look at the, you know, the, the funding uh, funding into the school resource officer or SRO program with the Lacrosse City of Lacrosse Police Department. And then, okay, so the second item on this, uh, you know, this PDF here, it says, and you, ca- you just kind of talked about it a little bit, compiling a list of stakeholders identified by school board members to solicit input on on the fund 80 in particular the school resource officer program so you're just going to go get some people that have knowledge of this have knowledge of uh, maybe experience with school resource officer programs to essentially testify as to whether or not they're it's a good thing is that a better way of saying that (laughs) i have no idea so so i want to be clear this committee the the fund 80 ad hoc committee is not doing a, an evaluation of the SRO program. So I just want to make that explicit. Perfect. They are not charged with gathering any data. Um, this is just the very first step in the process. And if the school board then says, you know, these are important questions and we really need some answers to these questions to be able to move forward, then the superintendent, um, you know, in collaboration uh, with the school board, um, would undertake the process by which those, that information would be gathered. I assume that input um, may include a, a, a number of different methods for people to provide input. Um, I've been calling for an open and transparent process the, the whole time, and that's what we would be um, striving for. I imagine the stakeholders that board members will want to make sure that we hear from include students. 
Um, they include our um, teachers and staff and administrators, that they include our SROs, that they include important um, stakeholder groups in the community. Um, that's never been up for question. In fact, from the very first meeting we had um, about this, um, that uh, reaching out to those stakeholders was explicit. So I imagine those are the kind of folks that we would see included in that list. And at this point, you're just you're, you, you and we're we're literally one day into this. So at this point, you're you're going to find avenues at which these you know what you call stakeholders uh, can come forward and kind of give their input, right? Sure. Yes. But what that looks like, um, that will not be the task of the board. That will happen in in discussion with the board. Um, but that's why I can't provide any like hard and fast answers about what that would look like at this point, because literally the, for that to even happen, the board would have to charge the superintendent with that process. Okay. Yeah. We're at the, we're at the baseline level here. So you're just getting a, you four on the board are just getting a list together. Yeah. And to be honest with you, you know, we, we don't even necessarily need a committee for that. That simply could be an email sent out by me to board members to say, you know, hey, send me your questions that you have. Send me, you know, important stakeholders you want to include. But the reason that I suggested that there be a committee is because I want to make sure there are a few folks, you know, who are putting their heads together and, and really thinking about the questions and thinking about the stakeholder group and that it's not one person. Like, it's not just me, you know, compiling the, the, those emails, right, the questions and so on, but that it's really the work of the board. So my work on this committee is primarily as convener. So a convener basically brings the group together. So... Um, I, for example, have already sent an email to my board members and said, hey, you know, if you, send me your questions, send me your stakeholders, um, to gather that information to then turn over to the committee um, to do that work. Now, if people want to give input, they can at any time, right? They could just Google lacrosse school board and there's all your emails yeah. and phone numbers, right? So, and then Absolutely. maybe they, right, and then maybe, hey, I want to be part of this list. I want to, you know, however, and then however it goes forward from there, right? Yeah, I can, first of all, absolutely. You can reach out to, you, you should be able to reach out to any publicly elected official anytime. And that's why we make that information available. Um, we have received just over 100 emails at this point from folks in the community. Um, and people should feel like they could do that at any time. When it, it if in fact, um, we begin the data gathering process, um, I, um, I, I, Imagine, um, as to your question about, you know, should they reach out and say, hey, can I get on this, this, this list, um, that there will be um, open components of this, obviously, to the public that they, they will have an opportunity for feedback. So no one should feel like, hey, <laughs> I, did, I didn't get on a list, and therefore I can't provide feedback. Um, whether whether we end up providing an online means to do that, um, whether or not we have virtual means to do that, it's not a matter of who does not get on a list at all. It's just a matter of school board members being able to say, hey, it's really important that we reach out to students. We need to make sure they're included. Hey, we need to make sure when we gather this information that we talk to administrators that have um, SROs in their buildings. That's all that is. It's a starting point. It's not an end point. 
Yeah, and you guys have 11 months to uh, to work on this, essentially. Right? Yeah, the, the uh, agreement doesn't end until June of next year, and I have not called for, nor have I heard any other board members suggest that um, that be terminated early. Again, we're actually starting the process now to be able to make sure that there is time to gather this information. All right, and then there's the the three members on the board, and I'm gonna I may butcher Dawn's name. Uh, Sean Del Spivey, is it Pelly Lee? Uh, Peely Lee. Peely Lee, and then Dawn, and I'm not even gonna pronounce your last name. I'll let you do that. Dawn Como. Yeah. So as um, so one of the responsibilities that's tasked to me as president is to appoint members anytime we do form ad hoc committees. I always like to do that collaboratively. So, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to appoint someone, right, to a board who, you know, excuse me, a committee they don't want to serve on. So, essentially, what I asked was if there are board members who want to serve on this particular committee, please let me know. And I was grateful that Ms. Como and Mr. Spivey and Mr. Lee uh, stepped up to the plate and said they would be interested in doing that work. Okay, yeah, that was my next question. You answered it for me. Um, I think that's all I have, Lori. Thanks so much for, for breaking this down real quick for us. Sure. Happy to. All right, bye-bye. Have a good night. You all too. Right. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to give me a call, you want to shoot me a text. I did just, I was trying to figure out if Walt Disney World was open in uh, Florida. I think it's about to reopen. As Florida gets bombarded with cases, I think they're, the, the, the story here is Walt Disney is going to be back soon. And that's July 6th. That was the date. So uh, <laughs> seems a little crazy to, uh, to reopen. But the NBA is headed down there. So why not reopen while. The NBA players are down there, and maybe like fans are going to try to be hovering around where the NBA would be playing. Uh, thanks to Lori Cooper Stoll for for coming on last minute. I, it was a recorded conversation. I did get a couple of texts about just ask about you know, hey, ask her this or that. And uh, I'm sorry, I recorded that just in, in the four o'clock hour. That's when she could come out. It's kind of when it worked out. Me calling her last minute to to talk, but um, I still appreciate her willingness to come on and, and talk about some of the, the the new committee they formed last night to look into the relationship with Lacrosse's police department's school resource officer program and dare officer uh, with the Lacrosse school district. So anyway, uh, Eric from Sparta is calling back. Eric, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, listen to this uh, thing you had on a workable stole. It's a liberal hack. And, uh, you want to get rid of the SROs? Well, just wait until any soup. I don't care what works here. Put the guns ahead of some uh, teachers because they don't like them. Then they call up, please. Then please say, well, it'll take me about a couple hours to get there because we have any presence there anymore. You understand what I'm saying? So you think the police uh, will retaliate against the school board for uh, no, getting... I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is... You just, said, it was, you, you just said they were going to take a couple of hours to get there. Okay. <laughs> Uh, can't have a conversation. Um, yeah, if the uh, Lacrosse School District ended its relationship with the City of Lacrosse Police Department's SRO program, and then the Lacrosse School District needed the police, and the police said they were going to be there in a couple of hours, pretty sure that would be 
sort of like retaliation. Also, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> Lacrosse police are better than that. They uh, they kind of like they swear to to protect, right? That's kind of like they they literally swear that. that protect and serve, right? Is, there's probably more to that, but um, it would never happen. So it's a lot of a lot of like very out there things happening on Lacrosse Talk PM today. Uh, mandatory vaccines will lead to mandatory uh, donations of our organs. That's that's something we talked about. Well, somebody Dan talked about earlier in the show, and uh, and now Lacrosse Police, you know, not going to help the schools when when kids are when there's a gun to a teacher's head, as Eric from Sparta said, and they need the the police that that are no longer always in the building. The Lacrosse Police said they'll get there in a couple hours. Yep. That's yeah. Uh, Kent Kent is on. Kent, you're on the air. Go ahead, Rick. Rick, how the heck you doing? I, I'm all right. <laughs> hey, uh, on a good note, how was your volleyball thing? I never heard about that. That that was Mike Hayes being very sarcastic. He's a very sly, sarcastic person. Like you can't tell he's being sarcastic. I did not do anything volleyball. What I did do over my vacation is I bought an electric chainsaw and I chainsawed. Everything in my yard. Not really, but I, I tried. <laughs> That's great. I figured you went to some volleyball thing, to, uh, but there's more girls playing than guys. You know how that goes. Well, half and half, but yeah, I, I really do wish. I actually do love volleyball. It's very fun and is, is you know, little to do with the, there. There are girls there, but I actually really like the sport. I like it as much as basketball, and girls t- typically don't play where I play basketball, but I, I go to that as well, so but, uh, yeah, I appreciate you asking. Did you have anything else, Kent, or did you just want to ask it, him? Yeah, I just wanted to comment that Aaron from Sparta, he's got to quit drinking vodka starting at noon till 5 when he gets a hold of you. That guy's something else, man. Yeah, it, that's all right. I, I, I appreciate a little – it's a little bit of a comic relief, and, and Eric's well, just very passionate. I know he is, too. And, you know, with the school board member he had on that you were talking to, I called you a couple weeks ago and mentioned I worked at West Salem Schools, and they have SRO officer on campus – and there was a student that was way out of line. I mean, this was a middle schooler, and the kid weighed like 250, you know, and the principal literally had to detain the kid before the officer could get over there. Mm-hmm. But if this kid would have let loose inside that school, I don't know. I, I was standing right there when it happened, and I I couldn't jump in and help him. I was a maintenance supervisor. But, uh, yeah, very professional. And I think the school board members maybe should spend all spend a week with the SRO officers in the school just to see what what goes on rather than sitting in a board meeting and talking about it. Yeah, this would be a great conversation. Not this would be that would be a great idea in a year ago, Kent. I don't know if there's any going to be anyone in the school to even, you know, there's another aspect to this that we're not in schools. Maybe we shouldn't have an SRO right. program right now. We should end the contract cuz schools aren't in session. Are we still paying the police department for for uh, I guess I've never even thought about this. You just kind of brought this to my attention. Are we playing, paying SROs right now to patrol schools that are not in session? Obviously, they're sure. they're not in the school, but I imagine we are. It's probably a one year contract for two hundred fifty thousand. But like I said, just to spend a day in the life of an officer, you know, maybe in some of the worst schools where they're seeing the worst numbers, you know, just to see what what these guys do mentoring and, and talking to kids. And then you got one that explodes during the day and, you know, it's, uh, they are needed, I believe, you know? So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks for the call, Kent. I got a couple of people waiting here. Uh, I think this is number three, number three, you're on the air. Is this 
Paul Bunyan? <laughs> well, I, w- I don't have an axe. I do have one of those. It's a cool little handsaw. It just folds out, and it's just a... I can saw, Whoa. man. I can saw everything with that thing. I was, I was using that as much as I was using my chainsaw. Yeah, big equipment. You're not too good with that. You got all you can do with that snowblower. I already broke the chainsaw number three. I returned it. Uh, okay, a kid with a new toy. Yeah, it's gone. Anyway, you're talking about the cops in schools. Mm-hmm. That's just in high schools, right? No, it's uh, all the all the lacrosse school district schools. There's there's five different officers, and they kind of. I don't, you know, they're assigned to, to each school essentially, and then Are there's they in a, junior high school or just high schools. No, all of them. Oh, they're in all the schools. Yeah, I believe so. I don't know if they're in the elementary schools, but yeah, yeah. they're they're not just in the high schools. Well, I heard her say that on the news that some of the minority people don't feel comfortable with the cop in school. Well, if they're in school, they should be able to uh, be comfortable with a cop. In a school, I, I can't see why it would bother somebody if they behave themselves. Yeah, and I honestly, I'm not a minority person, really, so I, I couldn't tell you how how they're feeling. So, so I mean, you, you see where I'm coming from? Like my grandson said, they all went to Central. He's, they all three said, if you don't bother the cop, he ain't going to bother you. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I okay. just, I, I that's I, way two cents worth. Yeah, th- thanks. I appreciate it. Okay, Paul Bunyan. Yeah. <laughs> All right, see ya. Uh, the Libertarian guy is calling in. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm doing just doing very well. I was getting. Hey, a... I wanted to point out. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. What? No, I was going to get well, to I your. I just wanted to point out. <laughs> your turn. Go. <laughs> you're you're the guest. I want. I wanted to point out that before it became fashionable, um, after the George Floyd situation and all these protests, to be critical of the police and to defund the police. The primary purpose of a school resource officer was to protect the students in the event of a school shooting. Say, you know, six months ago, that was, that was you know, the, the, the big news is we needed school resource officers in the event of a school shooting. I also happen to know that school resource officers, like some of your other callers, do they're very busy they're they're developing good relationships with kids there's they're they're being a good role model they're showing students that police are not bad that they can be really really helpful and my sense is that the school board is just having a knee-jerk response to the situation that got created when the george floyd situation happened and i hope they get rational and remember that they're going to look pretty bad if they eliminate the school resource officers and there's a school shooting in the area. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the process they're at right now is, is the very basic stages of this. And I, I imagine we're going to have a whole bunch of other people talking on the behalf of, you know, whether or not to have them and, and probably some data. And I think maybe the police will have their own data and, and we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, you're yeah. right. Like if, if, uh, if there, if we had schools in session right now, and there was a school shooting, your argument would would probably be bolstered. I'm sure it would. All right. Well, thank, All right. Well, thanks, that's it. Thanks well, for the thank call. You, Rick. Yep. Uh, 608-785-7914. We've got uh, one one minute, one and a half minutes in here. Um, but uh, Lori Cooper Soul, I said this uh, earlier in the show. I didn't say it after the interview, but she is a UW Lacrosse professor of sociology that specializes in the inequality in education so um she's she's been educated in the uh, the these people that you know aren't aren't getting the, the 
aren't on the same level as everyone else. So, you know, she's going to know more about this than I am, obviously, and and probably uh, 99% of us in, in terms of the, you know, the uh, essentially the inequality in education. All right, so that's going to do it for Lacrosse Talk PM today. We'll see what tomorrow brings. I am not sure yet. I do have some things in the works, but I, I haven't there. And I'm still working on Force Watch and getting to the bottom of, of whatever happened there. Uh, go look it up on wisdomnews.com. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.